0: Alright, welcome back to Lucky Episode 13 of the Three Stooges of Basketball Podcast. I'm joined as always by by uh, everyone's favorite um, speaker here in, in Eric. I don't know anyone who could possibly um, take his place. Um, and then we got Mason, who uh, made a little trip out, out in the Northwest uh, this weekend. And he'll, I'm sure he'll talk about that a little bit later. I did not go anywhere, so I'm going to be a little boring later on, but that's okay. Um, do, we, do you guys want to start with the, with any transfer portal news in particular today? Obviously, you know, the transfer portal is always doing its thing, and it's kind of a never-ending cycle, but is there anything you want to talk about in particular um, to start things off here?
1: I do, but I'll let Nathan have the floor first.
0: Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of, at a point now where um, you know everything and and no one really knows how it's going to go but I think we're at a point where everything is getting ready to kind of maybe settle down just a little bit in terms of players potentially entering the portal uh, at least over the next couple of weeks Um, I'm sure you know as as everything there's going to be surprises but in, in terms of like big named kids getting into the portal. Um I think we're probably past that point. There there obviously have been a couple um you know commitments over the past week to couple days, um which I'm sure we'll kind of discuss. But um you know I was there there are a couple portal commits out there that I've been a little bit surprised about. And I'm not sure if it has to do with, you know, so many kids transferring out, not as many high school kids, you know, potentially going to landing spots they otherwise would have if there wasn't an instant transfer rule. Um, But one, one commitment that really caught my eye this past week on, uh, I think it was Friday, um, Iowa State grabbed um, a kid from Truman State, who was a a D2 All-American, really, really good shooter, shot 50% from the field last year. Um, You know, she kind of fits that mold that Iowa State likes in her guards, or in their guards. You know, she scored 22 points a game last year at Truman. um, And, you know, has been just really, really good at the D2 level for um, a number of years. So that that was a transfer that kind of, when you saw it and saw who it was and, you know, if you didn't know anything about her, um, you know, you, you'd kind of be surprised like, Oh, how is this kid going from D2 to, you know, a team that's normally in the top 25 of of power five division one basketball. Um, but then you, you look at how she plays, you look at her stat lines, you look at how good of a shooter she is, you know, and, and everything about her, you know, okay. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, for me, there just hasn't been a ton, a ton of surprises um, in terms of, um, you know, portal kids going into the portal or kids committing places. But I think that might be a product of me coming in with like no expectations, like really just not having a clue of what anyone's going to do. Um, so, like, you know, um, Camille Hobby from NC State, like, I probably wouldn't have guessed she was going to go to Illinois, but she's there. So, um, you know, you you all have a lot of transfers like this, and there's just so many more transfers out there that haven't committed yet, and a lot of the bigger dominoes haven't even fallen yet. You know, Morrow's still out there. Marvettes is still out there. Hayley Van Lith, like, all these kids that we've talked about for the last, you know, two weeks or whatever it's been, like, they still haven't found a spot. So, um, yeah, I think the next – you know, month or so, it's going to just be really, really interesting, and I think you'll see a flurry of commitments. Um, and with those commitments, potentially some surprising, you know, people going into the portal as well.
1: And you can add Diamond Johnson out of the from NC State back in the portal as of today.
2: Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. See, th- this news flies off <laughs> so
0: fast.
1: Well, Mason talked about something that's going to lead into my annoyance with the portal. So shocking. I have two things that annoy me. Number one, like Morrow put out, she like, coming soon, a top three. Girl, you've had your recruitment. Calm your <laughs> no ass down. This is a portal thing. Just announce where you're going. We ain't needing some big decision. You're not LeBron James. Sit down and shut up. Okay, that's my first thing. I have, and then we saw Alana Rose, Gopher, News, going to Virginia Tech, a Final Four team. I'm Curious if they think she's the backup to Kitley or if they think she's going to take Taylor Sos spot, if that's what they're sliding her in as. Smart move, Kenny Brooks. Anywho, um, I will say this, and I mean this about from last year about Sarah Scalia, Rose Misha out of Virginia Tech, and even Morrow, whoever she's going to end up is likely going to be a South Carolina, an LSU, something of that caliber. And maybe I'm just a, a bitter old man that's saying, get off my lawn. But here's my annoyance. Sarah Scalia, and none of these three, I, the three I mentioned, were highly recruited out of, college, out of high school. Barely, if they were top 100, they were late, late, late top 100. My annoyance is this. school took a chance on you when the big names wanted nothing to do with you. They didn't want to touch you with a 10-foot pole. They didn't want to give you the time of day. Why do you reward them then after you put in the work, the school has given you a chance. That's what's my my bitterness about the portal. Like you're just basically waiting for the highest caller to come bidding. Like you give a team, you go to a school that gave you a chance, but those other ones wanted nothing to do with you. Like go to the dance, like stay with the one who brought you, dance with the one who brought you y'all. But here's my thing. If you had multiple schools that were after, like I know that Sarah had, you know, multiple power 5D ones, Rose had, but they weren't the top, top, top. So I'm like, why are you then rewarding the top, top, top who just want to come pick you after you've already developed for two years, after you've already proven what they, you've proven them wrong by saying, nah, we didn't want you before. Now you're good enough. Well, so now you want, so basically the highest bidder comes calling and you're like, see ya. I mean, granted, Rose has the excuse, Ch- coaching change. Sarah has the excuse. She was annoying. 22s um, were going to take her spot. Morrow, to me, it's like, she's been fantastic and an All-American for two years why now that South Carolina and LSU and anyone can say whatever they want now that they're coming calling, are you like, I'm in the portal and I want bigger and better. Well, the poll was good enough to give you a chance when those schools didn't even know who you were, they couldn't pick you out of a lineup. So I'm confused here where that's an annoyance to me. Cause I'm like, you're just rewarding these massive top 10 teams who keep adding talent by basically saying like, they didn't want nothing to do with you, but like, Oh, now I'm good enough for you. So I'm like, have some self-respect. That's my bitterness, but you know what? Go ahead, Virginia Tech. Enjoy whatever you get from her. Yeah, I mean, I, mean,
2: I think
0: I, I think can I can I, can I can I say something real quick before you go into that, Mason? No. Does Sarah Scalia get any more? Like who get does anyone get more strays than she than does? Because Eric goes into why all these kids transfer in because <laughs> <Yeah>. she's annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, gosh, that's harsh. <laughs>
0: Okay. And, I, and I, sure mean, this, I right. mean this with
1: full offense. I will take Marbron a hundred days out of a hundred over Sarah Scalia. A hundred days.
2: I mean, honestly, I, I don't think that you're like in the minority
1: with that like thought process. So enjoy sitting on the bench in Indiana when Sidney Parrish puts your ass back there. <laughs> yeah, but
2: too, you got you have to think as well, like, I mean, I'm sure she's Having more, like, I bet she's enjoying her college experience, like, being the number two team in the country and, like, winning games rather than, like,
1: oh, not that. 100%. My only thing is have some self-respect. Indiana wanted nothing to do with her coming out of high school. They didn't think every college coach in America, there, there a lot of Big Ten schools are like, we don't know if she'll be good in the Big Ten. Oh, now that she proved that she was good in the Big Ten, now she's worth your damn time. That's my bitterness. Have some self-respect, Morrow. Go to UCLA.
2: Right, but too, the, like a counterpoint to that is like kids improve in college. Like There, there are numerous high-major basketball players right now who in high school weren't good enough at the time to play at the high-major level. But once they develop, like, yeah.
1: This may be some of those straight Brady talking about. Sarah Scali the same player she was in high school as she was in college. She shoots deep threes, doesn't play a lick of defense, handles the ball serviceable, except when she's against pressure. I, I mean, want
0: to invite her on a pod.
1: Well, <laughs> the Minnesota media loved her as soon as she left the Gopher because they all they have not they had no clue who the hell she was when she was a Gopher for three years, and she leaves, and all of a sudden they want every interview in America with her. So, I'm i gonna start the, the the Sarah and Eric podcast talking about so, all think... things.
2: Transfer portal and kids who just might not be good enough to play. I oh, yeah. think
0: that would be a great conversation. I would listen to every second of it. I would listen to it at least four times, the same episode over and over again because I think I'm it wearing, just be that good.
1: I would one hundred percent wear a University of Miami sweatshirt. Oh, gosh, okay, well, not not to <laughs> super get off beaten path,
2: you know, ten minutes in the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I I like the transfer portal. I think it, it's good for kids. Um, you know, to obviously, it's like anything. Like, if you have a better offer, if if you're gonna go make seventy five thousand dollars or fifty grand or whatever, and you're making, you know, twenty grand at your old school or old job, like, you're gonna do that. So I have I have no problem with kids, you know, potentially having the biggest payday of their life in college. Um, you know, we talk about you know, Caitlin Clark, for an example, you know, she's got you know some of the best in IL deals, not only in women's basketball, but in men's basketball too. Like, and people, you know, are are really excited to, to see her in the WNBA and rightfully so I am as well, but like there's a 5% chance she doesn't come back for a COVID year. Like that kid's going to be making $5 million her super senior year and she's going to be the face of college basketball. But a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, why, why don't you go pro and, you know, become best. Yeah. Well, okay. She's going to get paid $70,000 a year, plus all of her brand deals, like all that stuff will stay. But like with the NIL stuff and in college, like not only for her, but for other kids, like it just makes more sense. And if you can go from a, a low major school to a high major school, And even if you're not going to play that much or, you know, have a limited role comparatively to where you were at before, like if you're making an extra $75,000, like I would do that too. Like I I would definitely do that. So, um, you know, I think think that a lot of um, this transfer portal stuff is kind of pushed the nil stuff but i i really don't think that the nil stuff is like the biggest biggest driver in where kids end up picking i think it's definitely a help but i don't think it's a main driver i just there's just not that much nil money out there for those you know french kids so
1: i mean we can i mean to be honest we can say one phrase why they're staying in college instead of the wmba it's called charter flights I mean, like you said, the yeah. deal, Caitlin and Aaliyah Boston and Paige Beckers and Angel Reese, all those deals are going to transfer the WNBA. Yeah, their base salary is going to be like 71000 because they'll all be top three picks. That's great. They'll all their deals will still make that kind of money there. But you're also going from like, and I mean, I'm a WNBA fan, season ticket holder. I love the WNBA. Hey, Fifi, all day long. Nafisa Collier, my queen, my MV fee, whatever. But did you just say MV fee? MV fee. Oh. And then <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of that, but the problem is when they leave college. I mean, I know that sounds bad. Like, yeah, you leave college, you're on your own as an adult. I get it. We've all done that in reality. But they go from you're training on your own at times. You're, you know, you're now going from chartered flights to whatever the WNBA thinks they're doing with these commercial flights. You're going from where you're having to plan out your meals and stuff like this. College, it's a sweet deal. Like if you're a if you're a Caitlin Clark, a Paige Becker, an Angel Reese and your day is kind of planned for you and you're making bank and you are winning championships and you are the face and everyone, why wouldn't you go back for another year? Um, I will say about the portal. One thing I'm very curious about, because I do think the COVID year kind of plays into if kids stay, the other kids want to play and they don't want to wait a year and stuff like that. Caitlin and Paige in that class, it's, they're They're the final class that gets a COVID year. Once that's gone, it's down to back to the regular four. And I wonder what the portal's like there. If it's Cause then I think you might go, but you aren't going to have these issues of like, well, could this kid stay that we didn't really plan on staying in, but now they're saying, and I'm curious to see how that either hurts or helps the portal. I don't know if that makes people jump in more. I don't know if that's going to kind of taper off people jump in less. Last thing I will say on the portal, Haley Van Liff, please, God, don't go to LSU. Please, please, <laughs> please don't go to LSU. Go to Stanford, go to UCLA, go to Indiana, go to Iowa, go to Bermuda. Go anywhere but LSU. I will lose all respect for you if you play for the gargoyle that is Kim Mulkey.
2: Well, breaking news, everyone. Uh, Haley Van Lith listens to this podcast and she's going to take Eric's word to
1: our. in it. Don't worry.
0: Break, breaking news Haley Van Lith commits to Bermuda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll tie the Bermuda granted. national. Don't, don't kid yourself. <laughs>
0: um actually uh, the, next, the next thing i want to talk about is i want to ask eric a question yes um i know you were a big fan of a, a certain transfer portal commit who did commit today to marquette and i want to know um what you think of good old franny hottinger ended up at marquette and without 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 going too much into the minnesota side of things at least i want you to try not
1: to Honestly, it's a, it's a great get for them. I knew that she was going to try and move back home. So it was going to be Marquette, Minnesota, one of the Dakotas, mm-hmm. Iowa. Iowa State. It was going to be something around the area. It's a good get for them. You're adding the player of the year in the Patriot League. Um, I think she was the more of the two big names from Lehigh in the portal, her and Kramer. I think she was the high, more highly sought after one. So good for her getting back home. She didn't go to the Badger, so I'm, I can live with that, which my last thing I'll say is one of the funniest tweets I ever saw was when she committed a Badger fans said, oh, I was hoping Wisconsin could have gotten her. I would love to live in whatever reality they're in that they <laughs> thought they had any chance at getting Franny Hottinger because dream big, reach for the stars.
0: Well, to be so sure, not a whole lot so, of over there right now. Do, so do you... So
2: um, do you remember, Eric, what offers Franny had uh, coming out of
1: high school? I don't know that by heart, cause, Well, first of all, it's North Harton, and hey, Bill. <laughs> uh, secondly, I wasn't doing junior office at the time. I started December 2019. So I'm very anything of that class, like the 2017, 18, I'm very 19 even-ish. even ish, even by page of class. I'm iffy on I'd say 21 to 22 is when I really started like knowing offers. So I don't.
2: Oh, gotcha. Okay. I wasn't sure if she had, like, power. power I
1: don't. Power I know for like a fact she didn't have a Minnesota one because we had Stallings, so and Stallings hated her own state, so. Okay. Gotcha. funny. So, but, good for her. I love their coach there as well. Now, I just want to once speak out to Megan. You got one already. You can le- let us have the other one. She's <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I assume you're referring to a certain
0: Wilkie in, in that. Is hey, that... Maddie. Yeah, there it is. Um, Do you guys want to go into uh, kind of some of the things that you saw this weekend? Um, Unless there's something else you want to talk about first with, regarding the transfer portal. I felt like it was a little bit quieter than it has been in the past because a lot of these kids are already in the portal. Um, Or do you, you want to talk about some just general recruitment stuff before I mean, we get there? Port-
1: portal is basically, it, it's just kind of decision time now. Like the dominoes that have to fall are Moro, Betts, Van Lith. We kind of see where the things go from there. You know, I said locally, Wilkie is a domino that I'd say Marquette and Minnesota fans are watching. I'm curious to see who Iowa uses that last spot on. I would love to know who it is. Mason, what's the what's the what's the update?
2: Uh not Haley Van Liff.
1: <laughs> Okay, Betts or Moro. <laughs> uh money is on neither. Oh, how about Lauren Ware? Could be a possibility. Would be would be a good pickup. Can Lauren Ware, North North Dakota kid? Yeah. Yep. Okay. North Dakota kid. Yep. Do you, uh, guys,
0: do you guys want to talk about some of the things that you saw this weekend, or do you want to uh, do you want to talk about some just like general recruitment stuff? Because we did have some stuff happen over the past few weeks that I don't know if we all touched on yet. Um, I mean one of them being did we talk about uh Jordan Wood um getting out of her NLI and then uh Tegan Mulaney also committed to Iowa and I know if you want to talk about that. I'm sure Mason would have a little take on that. And and obviously like before Mason talks about it, Iowa probably recruits Wisconsin kids better than any school in Wisconsin does. Um and that's been a that's been the trend for a while. But um you know, I'll I guess we'll just ask Mason about this because after after this conversation, I'm I'm gonna be radio silent for a while, just listening to you guys talk about uh, all the fun you got to have in the gym. But uh, I just want to know from, from Mason, what is? Uh, I mean, I I don't think you've gotten to see her very much before, but I mean, do you have any idea, kind of like, what kind of role you think she's gonna be playing when she gets there in 24, 25?
2: Yeah. So so like Bryce said, um, yeah, Iowa does recruit wisconsin like exceptionally well like it's it's been kind of crazy over the past couple of years like not only just like the talent that iowa has pulled out of wisconsin but like then those kids being like super productive and like really like you know i don't know i can't think of the word right now but like paramount to Iowa's success like they've had a lot of like Wisconsin kids play like a critical role on their team uh and even this year Warnock. um yeah with with Warnock um but yeah so no um I think that the Iowa is really capitalizing on their success that they've had over the couple past couple you know of years with Caitlin and, and even before you know I wasn't a slouch or anything before Caitlin Clark got there you know so let's not you know let's not forget that that. They've always been, you know, under under Lisa Bluto, a really good program. Um, yeah, obviously for Iowa, like the the scholarship numbers are tight right now. Um, they only have, you know, one for the upcoming year. Um, I think they've got five kids coming in next year. I want to say uh, four or five. Um, but yeah, I think Tegan's going to fill a role, and I think she's, you know, going to fill it fill it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, you know, I haven't. Like Brady, so I haven't seen that much of her, but from what he has told me about her and you know, just clips I've seen on social media and just um you know other scouting reports of her and stuff, um, you know, I think she's gonna come in and kind of be one of those kids for Iowa that you know they probably kind of let you know run, you know, kind of a, a point forward type of position. I know she's not really. And, and feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know I don't think she's going to be really constrained to a uh, certain position within Iowa's system. Um, you know, Iowa has has for the most part liked to play kind of a three guard with kind of a you know like a a wing and a forward, uh, which is what they played this year. Um, you know, they, three guards, and then you know they had Warnock, who's you know not really a forward, but not really a guard who's kind of a tweener. So I can definitely see Tegan fitting in that, like what you would call like a four, but not really being like a, you know, your typical post four kid. Um, You know, I think it's a, it's a good get for Iowa solely because they're keeping that Wisconsin pipeline going strong with some other kids probably in the 25 and, 26 class that they want um, you know probably to have a chance at up there up there in Wisconsin um, but yeah no it's a really good kid. I think she probably has a chance to be their best 24 out of just with her potential with her length and her size and you know her versatility um, and that's kind of the way that I would like to recruit just multi-positional kids um, as much as possible especially there at the four. so that's where I think she'll be. She'll probably be a three or four, um, but I think she'll have an impact pretty early on just with her, her pure skill and scoring ability.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I talked about this um, after the Wisconsin State tournament this year, but the one thing that really, I mean, she had one of the, probably one of the best games that I've seen um, from anybody play against that uh, Notre Dame team that I've talked about before being probably one of, if not one of the best teams in the Midwest um she cut up their defense like incredibly well I mean I think she finished with like 24 10 and 9 I think in that game and they almost knocked off Notre Dame at the state tournament but the one thing that always kind of stood out to me was how good she was passing I mean she made a couple passes I mean and I I clipped a lot of uh a lot of the stuff that I thought was just absurd from her in that game and I mean she made a couple cross-court passes corner to corner I mean she made a couple of transition passes with her left hand from like 45 feet away on the button through traffic. I mean, like some of the stuff that she does is kind of surreal. Um, and, and the other aspect of her is that she can really shoot it too. And with her size and, you know, her ability to put on the floor, I mean, she's really dynamic. I mean, you know, some, I mean, if you want to really nitpick um, her game a little bit, she, I think she had eight turnovers in that, in that game against Notre Dame. But then again, like there's kids in, against Notre Dame who will have way more than that because they're that good. Um, but then again, like without her, they probably get blown out by Notre Dame. So she really made that a game when pretty much nobody else in the state made that a game against Notre Dame, not even, um, NAS Academy down in Illinois, they didn't do it. The only time they even really played a, you know, fairly competitive game outside of that was against Pewaukee when they were missing their point guard. And, um, so I don't, I don't know, man, Like she's, she's a top 60 kid in the country for sure. I think that's where ESPN has her. She's probably a little bit better than that. Um, I think she probably gets slept on a little bit. She's not on these shoe circuits. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's just some kids who when they really get going, like they they're kind of a joy to watch. they're not kind of they're very much are a joy to watch. And she's definitely one of those kids. And, you know, I mean, there's a bigger conversation to have, at least in Wisconsin, that's been had about Iowa recruiting Wisconsin kids and them being successful down there. But I mean, at the end of the day, if she's where she wants to be and she's winning games, I I don't think she really she really cares where I mean, if if she's happy and, and, you know they go to a final four, it's probably going to justify her decision completely. And I would not be surprised if she played rather early because she's just that talented, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to, to see that. But yep. Uh, Eric, Eric, do you have any opinion on, on her or no?
1: Never saw her play. Sorry, Tegan.
0: Just, just, uh, you just wanted her to go to Minnesota without seeing her.
1: I mean, we weren't <laughs> in her final four and Illinois and Penn state beat us out. So I don't really think she gave up the time of day. To be honest, oh, ouch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, that that's my uh roundup on on Tegan. But I mean, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? Anything else happen um in in the world of recruiting this week that you guys want to touch on before you talk about your your weekends in the gym?
1: I don't think so. I don't think anyone. Sure, else. Yeah,
2: not that I, not that I can think of. I thought um, I I did think that Baylor. Came out today and added Jada Walker from Kentucky. I think that that was officially,
0: I mean, that's been a thing for a while, but
2: yeah, yeah, yeah officially actually. it has it was announced, but yeah, I think, um, and it just popped in my mind, but I think that's a good, good ad for them. They, they need some, they need a spark at their guard position, um, you know, with some of their graduations, and I think that Walker can come in and do that, like you know she she's not a she's she's not like you know a a game changing superstar by you know any means um but you know some of her best games last year came against you know some of the toughest competition
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and she can probably gain a little bit more consistency in her play um but like she she's a kid that i feel like just wants to come in and win wherever she's at like you know, she can score a little bit, but I thought her defense, you know, when I saw them play was, was really solid. Like she led the SEC in steals as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was a a really nice add for, for Baylor this year. Uh, I think she's going to come in and obviously, you know, play right away when, when a guard of that caliber, you know, does transfer, like you're going somewhere to play right away. And I think that that shores up up a, a big hole for, for Baylor um because that's kind of where they struggled this year the most was um you know at their point guard position when when they were playing well their point guards were playing you know well and when they weren't playing well their point guards weren't playing well so I think that just you know at the very least just gives them more depth at their point guard position too so I thought that was a really good ad
1: and Baylor's going to be getting her Kentu- former Kentucky teammate Drayana Edwards available this year and then Blackwell. Was, she either,
0: to, was Was Dre there last year? Where did she go last year after she left Kentucky? I she, she was went at Bay, she was at
1: Baylor, but the whole controversy was she wasn't a grad assistant. And oh, it, was like, yeah. it was a second transfer. And then there yeah. was a the whole fight between her and coach uh, Kyra Belzey, which I live for the drama. I wanted them to go back and forth. For some reason, Kyra took the high road, and they didn't want to keep going back and forth, which, boo, give us what we want. <laughs> Um, but Asia Blackwell, the Missouri transfer, will also be available next year for them. So who's injured this year? So they get those two pieces, those are active forward to along with guard, Baylor might be on the come up
0: Yeah, I mean, but uh, just talking about Jada a little bit more. Um, you know, there was a whole lot of um I don't I don't know how to describe it. Um not this year, but the year before. Um, there's like a lot of weirdness that was going on with that crew for like the entire year. And for whatever reason, they like pulled it together at the end of the year and just went on this crazy run and they won the SEC tournament winning four games in four days. They beat South Carolina, they beat LSU, they beat Tennessee, and and then they lose to Princeton <laughs> in the NCAA tournament, which sick. But I mean, the, the one thing to point out about that I really want to point out about Jade is that she's just so like... I, I can't I, I don't really know how she does it, but every time she I see her play, she just makes the right decision every time, which is just really helpful to keep an offense, you know, going forward. And you know, having the talent around her that she did um two years ago with Ryan Howard, um, with Jazz Massingill, um, Dre Edwards, and and all these kids that were just like good at good shooters, they can, you know, make things happen on their own. And all she had to do is just kind of orchestrate everything. I mean, that's when she's at her best. And if that's what she does at Baylor, she's going to be fantastic. And, you know, just ha- I'm, I'm, and I'm sure Baylor has more talent than Kentucky did last year. So I'd firmly assume that she's going to be very good there. And plus, I mean, if you've ever seen a Kentucky game um, when uh, Jade has been playing, I swear they mentioned that her dad's a coach, um, pro- no less than six times a broadcast. And it's so freaking annoying. Um, because I think the point got, got across after the third time they said it, but I mean, she does like play like it. I mean, it makes like, it makes sense. She's a coach's kid. She sees the floor really well. I mean, she's a five, seven guard playing at, you know, some of the highest levels in college basketball. So you gotta be really skilled to do that if you're playing uh, that undersized. So, you know, super going to be super cool to see her playing at a, at a place where she can thrive more so than she did at Kentucky. Unfortunate that she left my alma mater, but you know, as, as is the world of the transfer portal. So, you know, kind of, you got to move on, unfortunately. My favorite my a little bit. when you're
1: when you're talking about the SEC tournament, you're like they somehow pulled it together. Yeah, somehow his name is Ryan Howard.
0: <laughs> I mean, part partially. I mean, when they played South Carolina, like she Ryan did not have her best game that she had in that tournament. It was probably like her third. Don't so have rookie well. of
1: the year, Ryan Howard.
0: Oh no, she's great. Believe me, like that team is not winning the SEC tournament without Ryan Howard. But there was a whole lot of other stuff that went into that run. I mean, one being that they just didn't miss from three like the entire tournament. Um, I think there was a couple like first quarters where they hit like five or six of them or something ridiculous like that and that just kind of propelled them like making a bunch of threes is very much very much helpful (laughs) to to uh making stuff happen like like that and in a situation when you're a seven seed in the sec tournament of all of all tournaments beating some of the best teams in the country but yeah unfortunate that she left but I mean hopefully you know things work out for her at Baylor and she gets to have a Successful time there, more so than she did last year at Kentucky when they won like two SEC games all year, which I'm sure she didn't have a blast doing. But I, I will, I will step aside and and let and let you find gentlemen discuss your your weekends in in Minnesota and uh, in in the Great Northwest as as they call it out in Washington. So the floor is yours, gentlemen.
1: a yeah, so I'll, yeah, I'll
2: I'll go ahead and go first just because mine's gonna probably be a little shorter just because um you know a lot of these names and players and programs and teams will be very unfamiliar so i don't want uh, like you know go super in depth so i'll just hit on a couple uh a couple kids and maybe a program or two um so yeah this weekend i was up in uh seattle washington at an event hosted by west coast elite and fbc um it was a, it was a really solid event um know there were about 50 teams there which um you know it The differences between the Midwest and other areas of the country, most notably like the Pacific Northwest, there's just not a lot of teams there. So, you know, a lot of people will think, oh, 50 teams, like that's not much at all. But for the Pacific Northwest, like there's probably 100 teams total. And there were two other events going on at the same time frame. Uh, one in Portland and then one halfway between Portland and Seattle and Centralia. Um, And so 50 teams was, you know, really good. Like next year they're shooting for a hundred. So which would be one of the bigger Pacific Northwest tournaments. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, it was, it was a really good tournament. Saw some You know, some familiar kids who I'd seen before when I had been up there last. Um, But there were some kids that really stuck out, stuck out to me. Um, The first kid that I want to talk about um, is a kid from um, MLE 20, which is uh, Maurice Lucas's program up there. Um, And they're from Oregon. It's a group of basically 27s and 28s. I think they've got one 26 on the roster, Um, but they had a point guard who was probably five, four and, I had been thinking about it for the last day or so. Um, and I think she was probably the best pure point guard that I've seen in a couple of years. And she's a seventh grader. Um, and and the reason I say that is because I thought that she had probably the highest IQ I've ever seen out of a basketball player. Um, and she was basically a coach on the floor. Um, you know, when when they were in a late game situation and they were getting pressured, you know, she was on the floor telling her teammates exactly what to do, where to go. She was telling them to stay calm, um, you know, relax, like all this stuff like she was basically coaching her team on the floor. Um, you know, she plays really, really hard. She has really, really good feel for the game. Um you know, she she passes kids open, and what I mean by that is, you know, some kids have to wait till the kid to open is pass it. You know, when they're cutting to the basket or, you know, coming off a screen, like she passes it to a spot where the kid should be, um, and that leads to you know so many extra baskets um, versus kids who don't do that. So, and she's also on the first team All American name team because her name is Love Best. So L O V E best. I thought it was an awesome name. Um, but yeah, so she was, she was a kid that definitely stuck out really quickly. Definitely one of the best pure point guards I've seen, um, you know, in in a couple of years. Uh, and, and obviously there's been quite a few really good point guards, but in terms of just playing the one, she was definitely one of the best I've seen in a while. Um, Team Stuck, run by Rodney Stuckey, um, you know, is a really good program up there. Uh, they remind me a lot of Midwestern programs, actually, uh, where they, they play very fundamentally sound basketball. Um, you know, they're not going to beat themselves. They're going to make you beat them. You know, they're going to limit their mistakes. And they can shoot the absolute crap out of the ball. So, you know, when I was watching them, I was, I was really thinking of, like, watching a North Tartan elite team or an all Iowa tech second team, a team like that, where, you know, you, you kind of got a collection of, of just really solid kids who play good basketball, but might not be division one kids. Um, You know, they're all probably, you know, really solid, like NAI kids, D three kids, maybe a D two kid here or there. Um, But they just shot the ball. They were lengthy. They played defense together. Um, you know, and I just really, really enjoyed watching you know, them play. They won the championship, actually, at the 15, 16, and 17 U level, I believe, as well. Um, and then FBC Northwest, they played, you know, they, they went to four championships. They unfortunately lost all four of them. Um, but you can quickly tell the talent that they have, um, you know, when you're watching them. One kid that stuck out to me extremely, extremely fast was Avery Waddington. Um, She's like a 6'3 wing who is one of those kids that, um, you know, can kind of do it all. She she can shoot it from the outside. She can handle the ball at the floor. She can post up. She blocks shots. Um, You know, I I was telling someone up there, you know, I was talking about her. I was like, if this kid was in, like, the Midwest, she would have – Fifteen offers right now. Like, this is a kid who, if if she was in Iowa, like she would be probably the third best twenty four in the class. Like, and I don't think it's particularly close. Like, she would have been. She would be right up there in projection with Eileen Tinky and Cali Levin. Like, the kid is a stud, Um and you know she's only got a, a smattering of of offers, um, but she's going to have a really big a a really big April when they go down to California. Um, she wants to stay on the West Coast. So that event's gonna be really well or, or really good for her. Um, you know, as long as she plays really well, like she can. Um, and then one other kid that I wanted to talk about just super quick was um Ellery Burke Brown from Team Stuck. Um she's a 26, uh but the kid is, you know, in in every Sense of the word a baller, um, you know, she's got a really, really good frame. Um, you know, she'll be able to add strength to the next level. You know, she's a five, nine guard. Um, and shoots the ball extremely well, plays really hard. And when she's on the floor against other 15U competition, you can kind of just tell she's really a step ahead of everyone else out there, just in, you know, her skill level and her, um you know, the way that she processes the game. Um, She, she is, you know, one of the smarter players that I've seen on both ends of the floor. And she was making some plays on the defensive end that I was just like, how, how do you even see that coming? You know? So she, she reads, um, you know, cues on the offensive players really well um, and is able to pick up kind of what they're getting ready to do the ball uh, before they, you know, before they pass it or, before they dribble it, or even, you know, before they before they shoot it, um, so I won't bore bore us anymore with with random kids' names that you guys will never see nor hear of again. Um, but yeah, it was a really good event. Um, this weekend up in Seattle, and you know, there's there's a lot more talent up there than people think, even though there's not as many, um, you know, teams up there. So,
1: are there any Van list symptoms or siblings?
2: Um. I don't believe so. I think she's an only child, but I I could be wrong. That was honestly just a guess, but I don't think so. I I don't think there's, I don't think she has a younger, younger sibling.
0: Imagine she has like eight brothers and sisters. Actually, I think she,
1: I didn't (laughs) want to say it, but I thought she had a brother maybe. No one cares about men's basketball.
0: Oh my God. All right, Eric, your turn, buddy.
1: (laughs) Okay. Where do I start? I was very excited on my first weekend back in the gym uh, for AAU. And it felt like it took me a little bit to kind of get my bearings, mostly because Friday they had the temperature about the same as I'm assuming it's like at the gates of hell. It's, it was so roasting in that gym. It was so disgusting on Friday. But that doesn't mean I want to give her a shout and I want to make sure I say her name correct. So please, if it's not her name, one of my she instantly caught my attention as a like a dominant big, strong pulse player. Emanuela Sano, last name S-E-N-N-O-W-O. She literally got the ball. I, I was walking over to her corks. I'm like, okay, I want to watch. She played for Legacy. She's a le- 10th tenth grader. Going to be 11th grader next year. She caught the ball, and she's physically imposing. I mean, it, they had two defenders on her, and she did a shimmy shake one side. She had the footwork to dribble twice, up and under, and then did a fading away hook shot. That was nothing but net. So I sat down to watch because that was impressive footwork. I didn't know what great she was. I just, that caught my attention. So shout out to her. She was one of my new faces that I had not known the name, but now it's the name I want to make sure I watch. So it was a very, I said the patience, the ability to finish with a hook shot was almost unguardable. It was fantastic. So shout out to you. And then we will get to some very familiar names. Mason and Brady have heard me talk about them before. So let's talk about them again. Um, One of my favorite teams to watch this year, of course, obviously, is Pryor's Metro Stars team. I'm going to go on record and say right now, the player that performed the best of any team I saw, any kid, any player was Ja'Kale Craft. She looks prepared to take it to that next level to where she will be a star in the 2024 class in Minnesota AAU basketball and around the country. If she got a look from three, open or not, it likely was finding the bottom of the net. I think in all of her games, she had a minimum of four, maybe three, for sure. Four, I think, at three-pointers made, maybe five or six. Her shooting was off the chart. Her defensive pressure was outstanding. She had both times, the game that I saw, was on smaller, quicker guards. And she did an excellent job keeping them in front of them, being disruptive, bodying them up. She, still, you know, she does rebounding from the guard position very well. Um, I also want to give her a shout-out for being the vocal leader. I mean, granted, I was on the end of the baseline, and on both sides, no matter where they're playing, you would hear her say, I got this girl who you guys got. You take her. You take her. She was directing that team like the leader. And with you know the same team having lost you know, Nuno Aguera, Taylor Woodson, Kelly Boyle, and the likes of that, that leadership is going to be needed from her and Liv McGill. Shifting to Liv McGill. As many have heard me talk about Hopkins this year, I want to say it felt really good to see Liv McGill be Liv McGill. That swagger was back. That energy was back. That, you know, getting a strong and one inflexing on the girl was back. It Liv McGill finally looked like Liv McGill. I don't think I've seen her look like that all high school season. So it should be an exciting year of her and Jaquela Craft in the backcourt. That team is just fun. Fun coach, fun team. Excuse me, water bubbling up on me. Um, and then another team I want to talk about. I am a huge, huge Presley Walken fan. Minnesota's 2027 class is extremely talented. That and the 2026s are very extremely ta- are extremely talented classes. I get that. And Legacy, which used to be 43 Hoops, used to have kind of a monopoly on the 27. When you had Maya Wilson, Presley Walken, Irma Walker, Ava Cupido. And, you know, Jeff, Jeff, huh, dang, I can't speak right now. And they lost some of them. Irma, Ava, and Maya have moved on to either Metro Stars or North Harton. And so this is really Presley, Wa- Presley Watkins' first, it's her team. It's her team. She's kind of the veteran, the leader. They lost their first game by two. And I remember even talking to the players afterwards. It just felt like that first, it was their first game, you know, of the AAU season you could see that it was kind of a shock for Presley to understand that, hey, you're now fo- you're now focus number one. Every defense is trying to take the ball out of your hand. They're going to get physical with you. So you're kind of going to have to make sure you keep your cool. You're going to have to find ways to get your shots and things like that. I think she- I will say this. I'm a huge fan, but I think she was too unselfish. Um I, I even told her I think the prime example of that was they forced a steal, they're down two, and they have a guard. Presley's solidly five ten, five eleven, if not six foot, like solid. And she had a guard with, you know, she had her teammate guard five seven with they had maybe a five seven, five, six defender back. So Presley clearly had the height advantage. Just go up for the left-handed layup. You had the height advantage. You had the opening. It was right there. Instead, she decides to be a good teammate and pass it to her guard, who missed the layup because it was a tougher shot. It was height on height. It was an even match where Presley would have had the height advantage. I think they're gonna. I said it's a fun team. They're very. They're hardworking. They came back and won their next two. I said Presley's gonna figure it out. This team's gonna figure it out. They have been probably you know like three or four great 2027s um, you have you know haha kid you have kids from down in rochester they are going to figure it out so that's the one of the teams that i'm excited to kind of see progress throughout the year whereas metro stars they already look really good so shout out Jaquela craft i will do a tiktok dance with you any any time in the summer because you're playing at that level so i just feel like dancing watching you you're amazing um i'm like ex- i've seen her before this might be a controversial take. So Mason, please don't hate me. <laughs> Seeing Jenica Lewis in person, very good. Very talented. Three point shot, smooth butter. I kind of if I've seen a lot of like she's the top twenty twenty six in the country. I was kind I, of expect- I already know where this is going. <laughs> I was and already- I and I would
2: say I would say I think that was just as an aside, I think that was like a couple years ago. Like, I don't think anyone thinks she's the top 26 in the country right now.
1: I thought ESPN had her up there,
2: but I could be wrong. Well, she's on the watch list. She's not on the top five.
1: So they ranked the top five, and I thought she was number one. They did the top five and then 24 watch list, which was. Oh, was
2: she? I did not yeah. think she was.
1: I could be wrong, but. I, and, I can look not, it up. and I think she's very good. I just was kind of like, I guess, especially against McGill and like craft. I kind of expected her to give that energy of like top player in the country energy. And it felt like, don't go wrong, Liv McGill going to Florida, Kayla Kraft, who I'll blame money on now with a D one kid. They really were able to kind of either frustrate her or kind of get her out of her game to where she, she, I would expect Jenica to take over that game. It don't wrong, It was a very physical game. I do not feel bad. I do not envy these girls with the amount of contact they're taking in AAU listen, I'm letting you know right now, I almost got taken out myself and I was sitting on the sideline. So it's a physical game, but I just, I was, I wasn't, I was a little taken back that Jenica was able to kind of be taken out of her game so easily in the second half from the Metro Stars team. That's what I will say. And I know where Brady was going with this. (laughs) She wasn't playing this weekend, so we're not going to say it. So, but don't get wrong. Jenica was very good. I was just waiting for kind of that that I'm the top, you know, that top player, like I'm going to take over the game type mentality, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so, so she Jennifer's
2: really not, yeah, I was going to say she's one of those kids who aren't going to be, you know, like, like, for example, like a Madden Greenway, like you will always, and I know that I'm surprised that I'm the first person, career, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like she's not like, you know, a Madden Greenway or, you know, Olive McGill or, you know, whoever you want to name where she's going to, you know, be super flashy and like, you'll know that she's got the ball in her hands Um, and you'll, you'll just kind of watch her the entire game. Like she's going to be, you know, kind of that kid that, you know, scores her, you know, 15 to 17 points a game, but also has, you know, seven assists, doesn't turn the ball over plays really solid defense grabs a couple of rebounds like her her, and and this might be yeah it's really hard to project 2026 is this early you know i don't think her her ceiling is as high as some of the kids in the country in the 2026 class obviously like you you can't really compete with the ceiling of like super athletic and skilled like 6364 kids um but like i think she has like one of the the highest floors in the class because she's not going to, you know, like lose you games and she's going to continually get better. Now there's, there's not a, you know, it's, it's hard to pick at an area where she can really improve because she's really good at all areas of the game, but like, you know, she can have, you know, subtle improvements in all facets of her game, you know, going through, you know, her, her high school career. And it might be something where, you know, you know, some kids have to improve their three point shooting or have to improve their finishing, but she's already really good at that. So like an improvement for her might be instead of shooting, you know, shooting 35% her freshman year of high school, now she's shooting 40%. So it's going to be like little subtle improvements like that. Um, but yeah, the answer, you know, so she was not in the top five of uh, the 2026 class uh, in the ESPN rankings. Jersey Robinson was number one from Arizona, and that kid is legitimate. She is really good. She's a six-foot guard. So just to kind of get off a tangent and go through the top five here in 2026, uh, Jordan Jackson is a very skilled guard from, uh, I think she's from Washington, D.C., and she's 6'1". Yep. Um Olivia Vucosa um, is, I've seen her play before, and she is like one of the most dominant post players. I
1: okay, think she's the big most old, skilled. Like, ain't it like Big O with her nickname?
2: Yeah, and she's okay. six four. Like I've see, I saw her play in I want to say it was a TOC last year, and like the kid is going to be a stud, like crazy good. Um, and then number four is Monica Wozenko. Who knows if I pronounced that right? I'm gonna bet no. Um, but like, she's already got offers from South Carolina and Stanford and Tennessee. Um, you know, according to ESPN's writeup, um, I haven't seen her, but you know, when you're a six, two forward, you know, you're averaging a double, double for, you know, one of the best high school programs, you know, in, in pretty much the country year over year, like, you know, you're, you're in really good company. Um, and then Kelsey Andrews is like a six, three kid who, uh, I've seen before with FBC United because um, she played 17 U with them and I saw them uh, last summer. And she's a kid who probably not many people know about just because um, I remember near the end of the summer, she hurt her knee, I believe it was, and didn't play this high school season. Um, but that's a kid who's you know, going to be really good and rank number five. Um, you know, when she, when she gets back super healthy. Um, but yeah, so no, Jenica's not. I would say she's probably a top 10 kid in the class. But, you know, I had that conversation with uh, a, another national guy this weekend was, you know, how how good can Jenica actually get? And, um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, she's definitely like a top 10 kid in the class. So um, not, to your, not to steal your thunder, but oh, I don't wow. think it's controversial at all
1: my thing oh, that it should. might be a situation of i think i had not a complaint i'll say uh maybe a gripe or a thorn in the side with Jenica that i maybe have i had with tessa johnson for a few years and i've even told her this there were mo- there were moments when tessa johnson didn't understand that she was tessa johnson like it's those moments where like you have to understand i'm the best player on the court i need to take over where they're almost are too unselfish they almost need to kind of be that star. And I think Jenica, maybe that's the maybe that's the one thing she works on understanding. Like, because you know, we saw like for Tessa, she's a senior compared to a freshman, it's a different situation. But that's where Jenica could get better is kind of realizing those moments of like my team needs me to be top 10 in the country, Jenica Lewis, not unselfish Jenica Lewis who's letting our team kind of slip away from the game. That's what I will say. But I do have a question, Mason, do you have Madden in your top 10?
2: Um before I answer that question, I would I would like to say I totally agree with you during during the high school season, like she was even even like during high school season when you know she was like you know the second best player on the court in any one time. Um, you know, she she was just a little bit passive. And near the end of the season, she kind of grew into like kind of her role and being a little bit more confident. But yeah, I agree that that's probably one of the areas where she, you know, is going to be able to, you know, grow the most, especially this year as, you know, conceivably, she's probably going to be playing the best competition that she's faced. I know, I know she plays a lot of 17U, but, you know, as, as her teammates are getting older and they're getting older, like they're going to be going up against, you know, the very best of the best every single tournament, not just, you know, most of the tournaments Um, in terms of Madden. Um I would say it, it's it's really hard to differentiate like you know number four from number 15 at this point. Um and I, I will say that I haven't seen everyone every one of the top 26s. So it's it's also you know hard for me to say, yeah, Jenica Lewis is a definite top 10 kid. Um out of the ones out of the 26s I have seen that you know are on the top twenty five for ESPN, I would say yes. I would say I would say she's definitely a top twenty-five kid in 26. I think they're both definitely top twenty-five kids. Very probably top twenty kids. And I would say both are probably in like that ten to fifteen range. If they were seven and eight, that would shock me. If they were thirteen, fourteen, that would not shock me. So it's hard to say oh yes definitely top 10 kid but like i think she's right in that like six to 13 um you know range so just, yeah i think she
1: she could Mason be opened up the door i'll just say my queen the microwave the magician the magnificent the man greenway i will i i i don't care who i have to see i'm just going to be completely biased and say she's top 10 in my life but hey, I didn't bring her up first in the podcast. Episode 13, I'm finally wearing off on Mason and Brady. We're bringing up the queen, the microwave, the magician, the magnificent. So I only got two more players to highlight, and then I'll shut up about AAU, I promise. Um, one kid I want to give a shout out, and I really hope at some point they're around somewhere where Brady and Mason are, because I want to see if I'm just way like over-romanticizing her game. Her name is Jaliah Diggs. She plays for Queens basketball. No, Now, here's – I have swore I was watching Angel Barker or Baker from Old Miss again. That's how good this kid was. And when I saw her it was against the 2027s of that legacy team against, like, Presley Walken, she laid a hurtin' on them. When Queens beat them by two, she had handled for days. She was hitting step-back jumpers. She was creating – she was getting them jumping with the pass fakes and whatnot – she was finishing over, I mean, Presley Watkins, 5'10, 5'11", 6 footish, guard. This girl's 5'5, and she's finishing easily over Presley. I was Diggs was absolutely outstanding when they won that game. And I said she reminded me of Angel Baker from Old Miss, just the swagger, the ability, how she played. And she's only a 20 I, I really hope someday you guys can see if I'm crazy when I'm talking about her that way. And the last one I want to give a shout out to. Welcome back, Maya Wilson. She reminded everyone this weekend why she is and should be the top 2027 in the state of Minnesota right now. Girl had a good weekend. She's back to where she can score from all three levels. She can hit the jump shot. She can take you off the bounce. She's going to block a few shots. That press that they have going for that team when you have kale janky who's just long and lanky and you're adding her and maya wilson and that entire group it's a fun oh, Kate omelet from why that it's a fun group it is a talented group 15 u north Harden, watch them but welcome maya wilson after a little bit of an injury-ridden high school season you're kind of regaining your number one spot in 2027 and it was an absolute joy to watch
0: Well, um, the one thing I do want to end on um, is there is a live period coming up this coming weekend. Um, I'm not sure where you all will be, um, but I just wanted to see if there's the way that I would like to end. This is just kind of give like a few names that you think people should be watching. What, um, Regardless of level um, during this live period for, you know, reasons could vary from you think that she's, you know, Better than um other people think she is, whether she's unknown or you think someone should just probably get eyes on them. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if there's any kids that fit that bill in in your neck of the woods and if you have any idea where they'll be this weekend
1: k la craft mama if come to play, get that girl some d one offers or she has a feel ready, and she' gonna get more. She was outstanding this weekend is that is that is that the one you got, or you got any more? For us if you can see north harton that 15 u team kale janky kate omelet Maya wilson it's a fun i'm telling you fun group long lanky shooters all over six foot a mixture kind of talent because you have a mixture of kind of ages i think it's like 25 26 27 so that's a it's a good team get out there and of course madden's gonna be at boo williams go watch madden greenway the microwave the magician the magnificent go watch her and then t- th- 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 tell me thank you afterwards. Um, I mean, at least in the Wisconsin side of things,
0: a lot of these kids that I'm going to mention are going to be a little bit younger. They're going to be in uh, a lot of underclassmen. Um, The one I really think people should see is Leah Norton, who is a Wisconsin blaze kid. She's from Shauna, Wisconsin, which is a little bit off the beaten path from most of the uh, metropolitan centers in the state. Um, She's a six, one kid, super athletic. I mean, I'm pretty sure um, her teammates in, in practice these days have just been kind of messing around and throwing lobs to her um, just to kind of see how high she can get for for those things. And they hit one this weekend at the event they were at up in Appleton. And I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that she's going to be a kid who's going to draw a ton of interest once co- coaches get a look at her. Because um, six one, super athletic. Dad's like six seven. Could grow a little more still, and she's only a freshman at this point in time. So she's a class of twenty six. Um, she's uh, she's someone who's only going to get better and once she gets more comfortable with her her frame um she was playing last year she played up a I believe a grade level um and she's playing up with 17 youth this year um so she's one to watch um another kid um is a team Wisconsin kid that goes by the name of Addie Shepley I have talked about her before um I think she's got a chance to be a really really special kid in in, in the 26th class in Wisconsin I mean she's 63 she can you know take it off the dribble she plays point guard at her high school um, and she's another kid who's, you know, just kind of starting to get comfortable with her frame at six at three. Cause she grew a lot last summer. The first time I met her last summer, she was in a boot because she was growing too fast and she was already six two then. Um, so there's a whole lot there for her. She's super skilled. She had a really good weekend. Um, this weekend when I got to, uh, you know, look in and, and see it, uh, see some of their games at the Midwest kickoff, um, this weekend, um, those are two to watch in particular. Um, then looking up to the, Class of 25, Um, there's a few kids in there that I think are really interesting. Um, I think that might be the weakest class um, with high-level talent, probably, in the state. Um, but that doesn't mean they're bad. There's a lot of really talented kids in there. They're just not the, they just don't have as much power five talent as um the 24s and the 26s, which isn't necessarily a bad Rainey thing. Raina Wilson
1: wants a word.
0: No, no, she's really good. She's a she's a power five kid for sure. But the deeper you go, there isn't um like an Ali Zabelle in that class. There's not a Tegan Mullaney in that class. I mean they're they're a little bit of a cut above her. Um, but yeah, Rainey's really good. I have no idea. Um, the looks that Rainey has, I'm sure she has a bunch. Um, she had a really good year last year with North Tartan 60 new team that finished as a uh, runner ups in uh, TOC last year. Um, then a lot of kids from Wisconsin Lakers, whether that be McKnight Christian, Amy Tarian um kids like that um then looking at the 24 class there's two kids that I always mention when it comes to stuff like this which is kind of why I wanted to bring it up and that's Michaela Werner and Lila Postema um I think Michaela is awesome I think she's a kid who's worthy of getting um at least looks at, at the divisional level she has she's had a couple already but I'm a full believer in that kid just being a winner and the same thing with Lila Postema I mean when you watch her uh, Minnesota Suns team um a big thing with them is obviously Tori Orline, who's uber talented in her own right And it kind of overshadows Lila touch, but I mean, if you watch her, she can do some ridiculous things at six one that uh, very few people can do. So those are, I think the, the kids that people should be watching this weekend and they're scattered around Ohio Some are in Milwaukee. Um, So they're all over the place, but if you're looking for a kid from Wisconsin, those are some of the kids you should probably be looking at. And uh, I I guess we'll close out with Mason. If he's got anyone. Are
1: you going to Mason? Are you going to boo Williams?
0: I'll I'll say, I'll save you the trouble. He
1: is going to boo. (laughs)
2: Yes, I am. Sorry, I was muted. They
1: hated my my bestie.
2: I will. I will. Um, Yeah, for me, so I have two kids that come to mind instantly when I think of kids who I think will either have a lot of eyes on them or should have a lot of eyes on them this weekend that are maybe a little bit under-recruited for what I think they should be. Um, The first one is Libby Fandel. She moved over from Team Iowa to now uh, with All-Iowa Tech. Uh, and she is, you know, probably for how skilled she is and how solid she is of a player, is probably under-recruited. Um, and so she'll be out at Boo Williams, obviously, this weekend, playing with the 16U group, um, who, you know, I think their 16Us might be their best team um, they have this year. Um and so I'm, I'm really excited to see how she does out there, um, you know, against some some different, you know, competition that they normally are used to seeing. Uh, and then the other kid I already mentioned her today, Avery Waddington, they'll be in California at end of trail. Uh, they'll have a bunch of Adidas teams out there because uh, Adidas doesn't have a, a stop this weekend. Um, so she'll be playing some really good competition. Um, we'll have a lot of eyes on her out there. Um, you know, that whole team is littered with division one prospects. Um, but yeah, I'll be at Boo Williams. I'm really excited. Um, the pool that I'm keeping my closest eye on, I think, uh, and, and obviously not fully knowing a lot of these teams and what they've got talent wise this year. Um, but the, the pool that I'm looking at the most right now in 17U is, um, pro skills, Kentucky Premier, Alabama Southern Stars, and Cal Sparks. Like, Kentucky Premier obviously hasn't been as good as they used to be, Um, but they do have a couple kids coming in there this year. Um, You know, Brooke Carlson from Illinois being one of them, Um, Chloe Spring from Indiana being one of them. Like, they have had an influx of talent, Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see how they, you know, are able to – Mold that together, especially as they've got some, you know, the Kentucky 24 and 25 class does have some like really good kids. So I'm excited to see that team play, um, and you know, especially with against Cal Sparks and Pro Skills and Southern Stars, who are one of the better teams, um, you know, year in and year out. Um, all I attack this weekend, and and all the pools are the same for each grade level in, in the EYBL. Uh, all attacks and tax in Cypher, Tree of Hope, and Sports City Angels. Um, obviously, CyFair is really, really good. Tree of Hope has been down as of the last couple years. Sports City Angels are a combination of Sports City U and I think Cincy Angels that they combined. Um, and they didn't play that well this weekend in the Western PA Brooms tip-off. Um, so we'll see if that's a product of them being down or just, you know, trying to get their legs under them for the first tournament. Um and then Wisconsin Flights in with Philly Rise, CP three flame, sports academy swish. Philly Rise is obviously always really talented. And I'm probably wrong here, but I think they ended up in the lead eight or final four last year of UIBL. They did. Um yeah, I thought so. I couldn't remember. I don't want to say like tentatively Um they beat, no they beat, idea they beat about turn. I
1: think they beat turn. Oh did they Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they?
2: Yep, you're right. Um, okay, so that's going to be a tough game, obviously. CP3 Flames, no clue. Sports Academy Swish, solid group from from California, uh, but I don't think they're, you know, one of the top teams in EYBL. Um And then North Tartans and with Boo Williams, uh, the Jersey Gems, and Missouri Phenom, so... You know, that's a pretty solid pool for them. Missouri Phenoms always tough. You know, they're always going to be tough. Um, Jersey gyms are kind of hit or miss. And Boo Williams always has some kids that, you know, can play. So those are the teams that, you know, we have an interest in and are from, you know, our general areas. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see – I'm excited to go out there and see some, you know, really high-level basketball and, and obviously have – a you know, a lot of talent to talk about when when we get back and you know we all we all will just with the amount of games we're going to be seeing
1: here this weekend and ladies and gentlemen we will hear mason's thoughts on seeing north harton live well yes
2: i
0: i, I feel like this is a good spot to end it so i i feel like this is probably one of the shorter ones that we've done this far um so i appreciate you sticking with us uh, long enough that we can keep this a little bit time friendly um but next week is probably going to be a, a big one after uh three days of nca viewing period so uh, stick with us till then and i'm sure we'll have a whole lot of stuff to talk about that and i'm sure the transfer portal will not stay quiet for long either so i'm sure we'll have some stuff to talk about then so i appreciate y'all listening and we'll see you again next week
1: hey luca garva